As we mentioned in our last episode, there's a lot of head shaking going on these days. You know, it, it, it seems the Lord is taking us to places and experiences unfamiliar to many of us, especially here in the Western world. Nevertheless, I suggest God knows exactly what he's doing as he lengthens our short attention spans while revealing prophetic mysteries from scriptures that have little been considered in the church. Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and glad you're with us today, and welcome to the program. Perhaps the events of the day are nothing more than the Lord getting our undivided attention by presenting a cure for our presumption. All that presumptive belief and behavior that all these head-shaking events will soon pass. Well, indeed, some will probably pass, but, but even the experts admit things won't be the same. A new normal, they say. I believe what God spoke to me clearly 34 years ago, that my mandate was to help take restraints off the body of Christ by unfolding in the church the wisdom of God is using to prepare, to prepare it for the rapid changes in the political, social, economic, and religious systems in the earth. And the Holy Spirit showed me that mandate will come with considerable pushback. An end times ministry that Mark's gospel says will, will come with persecution for the word's sake. Listen to what Jesus says about sowing the gospel on rocky ground, especially in the church. Mark 4.16. And these are the ones, Jesus says, the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, but they, but they have no root in themselves, endure for a while. But then when tribulation and persecution arises on account of the word, for the word's sake, immediately they fall away. Did you hear that? They fall away. Sincerity is, is not a, sufficient enough to bring one into the kingdom of God. And many of those who fall away will be those whose sincerity did not result in birthing a spiritual root system. And the consequence of that? Deception. Because they have no firm foundation in the gospel painfully, painfully unaware of the signs of the times. The very thing the Apostle Paul makes clear is the significant sign that will come before the return of Jesus. Listen to Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, let no one deceive you in any way. Let no one deceive you in any way. For that day, what day? The day of the Lord will not come unless the falling away comes first. Literally, that's, that's the rebellion, the great apostasy, as it's more accurately translated, the great revolt against the moral absolutes of God. You see, the church has seen that revolt or apostasy as relevant mostly to the world, a, a rage among nations who find Christians who are calling for a timeout in the midst of global deception as completely out of the loop. It is that. But more importantly, I believe it's, it's an apostasy, a falling away or rebellion that will also come upon many in the church 
sincere believers who are painfully unaware of the prophetic scriptures. And and when they begin to experience the pushback, yes, the persecution that will come in those first three and a half years of the mounting labor contractions, Jesus says, they'll fall away. The Lord says, these are the believers who did not prepare their lamps with sufficient oil, even in the first three and a half years leading up to the Great Tribulation, warning signs offered by Jesus himself. The early labor contractions that point, point a nearby glorious birth is coming. Those words were sown on rocky, unprepared, uncultivated ground. They have no root system. They've not steeped, marinated, and soaked themselves in the Word of God for such a time as this. If indeed we adjust to these new so-called new normals, what will be the condition of our collective hearts, and how will we respond to the crisis? Listen, those of you who have been following me for the past year have heard me clearly that I embrace the, the teaching of the Word of God that the Son of God will not return until a number of critical must events have been completed during the final seven-year period. End-time pro- uh, phenomena that will prove to be exacting indicators leading to the resurrection of the righteous dead the catching up of the redeemed saints and righteous Israel, and salvation of all Israel at his return. On these matters, the Bible clearly has very much to say. But after saying all that, what's most heavy on my heart is how little the church is prepared to navigate that new normal to understand how the Lord is careful to prepare His church for this coming crisis, but most importantly of all, to show the body its place, its testimony, its call to the nations to explain from the Word of God the unprecedented activities of the Holy Spirit in that critical time. Folks, let me say with confidence, the church is about to enter into its most glorious time and season, since Pentecost 2,000 years ago. The anointing of the Spirit in the coming weeks, months, and years will be a divine setup to clear the cobwebs of silly and often outright deception that's held the church in abeyance for generations. God's going to break that spirit with clear and concise strategies coming from a generation of end-time prophetic voices who have given themselves to prayer, intercession, and yes, travail. Voices to be trusted and adhered to. This name is 3-7. Surely the Lord God does nothing. He does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. And believe me, God has will be doing much revealing in the earth in the days, months, and years to come. I believe we can safely say the church has neglected one of the greatest tools of evangelism since the first advent of Christ. It's the one most effective tool the Holy Spirit has made available to the church, and that's the witness of apocalyptic evangelism, apocalyptic prophecy. I suggest it will be the prophetic word of God in the midst of the final seven years of this age that will ignite a final revival, a Pentecost outpouring of the Spirit 
that will usher perhaps millions into the kingdom of God at the end of the age. God always has a remnant. He has his remnant, especially among the covenant people, among the Jews. But I believe the clarity in the gospel, the power of the gospel message in the midst of the tribulation that's to come will have a most profound impact on the nations, Israel in particular, as it once again finds itself being driven from the land. Through the power of the prophetic word, the church will have a a revelation of the gospel, a revelation of, of the series of events coming upon the earth well, well in advance of the coming day of the Lord. In short, it's it's the church. God has ordained from the very beginning to be the clear voice to Israel and the nations in the brief period before Jesus returns. We must understand why things end just the way they do, beginning at Jerusalem. The nations, precisely because of the church's age-long silence, has made far too little of the miracle of the modern return to the land, according to ancient promise and prophecy. God sees this, and we, the church, are responsible and accountable for our failure to make known these mysteries of God. The mystery of the two seeds spoken of in the garden, the mystery of the gospel revealed at the cross— and the mystery of the fullness of iniquity, a future unveiling revealed in the person of the man of sin. Living in this exceptional time of grace and mercy, the church is the tribulation people, instructing many. Listen to Daniel 11.33. And the wise among the people, that would be us, the wise, the masculine among the people shall make many understand. Though for some days they shall stumble by sword and flame, by captivity and plunder. What then should the church be? What is the church called to demonstrate before men and angels in anticipation of the day of the Lord? It's clear the professing church has fallen well below God's standard and intention. And and this leaves us with three questions to ask ourselves. What is the church? Where is the church? What will God show through the church and vindicate before the nations? There's a sense the age is waiting on something still to be accomplished in the church, something the body of Christ would never attain to except through the the constraints, the persecution God will allow to bring her through the crisis of Israel. We have a key role in that crisis. The crisis of Israel and the land and the the controversy of Jerusalem will be the final incitement that will evoke all the great issues of the faith. We could say God will provoke the nations to provoke him, since it's when the nations begin to attack Israel, his fury comes up in his face, Ezekiel 38, 18. But on that day, The day that Gog, that's the Antichrist, the day that the Antichrist shall come against the land of Israel, declares the Lord God, my wrath will be roused in my anger. Or as the prophet Joel declares in in Joel 3, verse 2, I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will enter into judgment with them there on behalf of my people and my heritage Israel, because they have scattered them among the nations and have divided up my land. Oh, now now wait a minute. That's, that's a future event, right? 
Yes, everything we're addressing regarding the church, Israel, the birth pains leading to the Great Tribulation, they're all future events, and may I say, future events much closer than we genuinely consider. God will deal with the nations. He'll deal with them in his wrath. So when you read about the wrath of God in the final three and a half years and declare the church is certainly not subject to that rage, note at whom that wrath is directed toward. The nations, not the church. The scripture's clear. There is a great eschatological fullness for the church before the end of the age. But it's also the issue of Israel that will test the hearts during the final days of this age, not only among the nations, but also even in the church. This covenant people are predestined to be made righteous at the set time of God. The present condition of the church is not the last word. God knows how to get us from here to there. Paul tells the Thessalonians, He who calls you is faithful, who will also do it. Praise God. You've heard me say it so many times. We live in the most exciting times in history, but we must prepare for those times. A good starting point, listen, and you've heard me say this before, the good starting point is prayer and intercession. Ephesians 1.17, listen to the Apostle Paul, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. That which is to come. The day of the Lord is coming. And who is coming? The Son of God, ushering in a millennial rule and reign as, as Jesus ascends to the throne of David in Jerusalem. Hallelujah, what a day that'll be. Let's pray. Father, provide us, provide us with your spirit, the spirit of wisdom and understanding and revelation to navigate the days ahead. May we, may we grow in this season to be a body prepared. You put all things under the feet of our Lord and you gave him to be head over all things to the church, his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So we embrace that promise. Fill us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit that you may find a bride fit and ready to enter in. Amen and amen. Buckle up, brothers and sisters. It's going to get really good. Subscribe to the podcast. Now, perhaps more than ever, the body of Christ needs to know and understand the prophetic promises that we may be prepared for that day. I'm Bill Nordstrom. God bless each and every one of you. And we'll see you next time.